This podcast is produced by Northwest Michigan Community Action Agency. The Collective Us, an NMCAA podcast, focuses on inspiring you through stories of those we've helped through our programming or by linking local resources to community members in need. Join us as we learn about the programs offered through NMCAA and how we touch people's lives every day. Today's topic discusses sensitive subject matter, including issues related to mental health. The information discussed today is not directed at any one person who may be listening, but to bring awareness to the subject matter. NMCAA does not diagnose or treat mental health issues. This podcast should not replace consultation with your doctor or qualified mental health care provider. If you are in emotional distress or in need of behavioral health help, please call 988. Welcome back to The Collective Us. I'm Erica Austin. And I'm Ryan Bach. We are in the holiday season and snow is coming down. It is. <laughs> and as we begin to hear the songs of the season on the radio and people crowding the stores to find the perfect gift for their loved one, we want to take an opportunity today to bring awareness to those who may not be celebrating the season due to issues that they may be facing. That's right. This is a heavy topic, but one that we are delighted to be talking about today and it needs to be discussed. Our guests today are Stacy Parent, Mental Health and Parent Family and Community Engagement Manager with NMCAA and Kim Mikem, Family Engagement Specialist with NMCAA. Welcome to you both. Thank you. Thanks for being here. It's clear that in preparation for today's podcast, you both are passionate about supporting children and families to meet their basic needs. What drives you to do this work? I'm starting off hard. <laughs> what drives you to do the work? Mm, we just had a little bit of this conversation. I think it comes down for me personally, I'm Stacy. It comes down to relationships. Relationships matter. So relationships and supporting children and families in their relationships that are not always so seamless. I think that's what it boils down to for me, and that's a large part of my role, just supporting staff so that way they can then support the families and children that they work with. Kim? Supporting the families and being there to provide resources and offer our support for, sometimes it's just a listening ear, and then the same for the staff. So as the Family Engagement Specialist Coordinator, I work with the staff that then works with the families and so supporting them so that they can in turn support the staff. You both work under the Child and Family Development umbrella of NMCAA more closely with the children and families within the programs. So getting into some of the little bit more of the minutiae and, and Kim, you talked about this a little bit. What are some of the things that you do daily that help meet some of the family's basic needs? That's a great question. A Head Start Performance Standard is a needs assessment. And so we are really good in Head Start and Early Head Start to ask a lot of personal questions. They have a lot of paperwork to fill out. Then comes the needs assessment that is really quite comprehensive. It's everything from health, Wellness, dental, nutrition, housing. Um, housing, anything that's encompassed under our Northwest Michigan Community Action Agency, that would be within our needs assessment as well. Mental health wellness, which includes safety, bodily safety. Do you feel safe in your home? We have 37 questions for our needs assessment. Really? So that needs assessment really 
is comprehensive. Really, when you think about our core basic needs to live in our lives with our children, there's a lot that's involved, right? There's a lot potentially that could be stressors if the needs are not met. So our goal, and Kim alluded to that, would be to wrap around a family, work alongside them, recognizing their strengths first and foremost, because we are strength-based. And it's up to them to identify what needs they have. So then we just work with them to connect them the best we can to support their needs. Feed off of that is so that family engagement specialists then take that information from the needs assessment and help the families to set goals and provide any resources that they can that the families are in need of. And this is heavy. I mean, speaking of heavy right off the bat, 37 questions. It doesn't even seem maybe like enough, but it's got to be manageable. And this is a lot of honesty right off the bat, right? So how do you make sure that you're going into that and everybody's just on the same level with what they want? Because it seems like that could be a hard first swing for a family, especially if it's their first time. Definitely is. And explaining what to expect. You know, you're going to receive this needs assessment. There are a lot of personal questions. You know, it starts with, again, I'm going to get back to relationships, right? If we are promoting positive relationships and trusting relationships, that really is the goal. How can we engage in this relationship from the beginning in a positive manner. So that way, when we get to the needs assessment, there's gonna be a little bit more comfortability and honesty and vulnerability, a lot of vulnerability, right? Some families may not want to initially do the needs assessment. Mm -hmm. So that can take some time and some finesse on the staff part. So it would be the child and family specialists on the early Head Start side that work with the families and doing the needs assessment, our early Head Start or early learning centers as well, and then our family engagement specialists. So that's comprehensive for our whole program. So it might take a little bit of finesse right. um, to get there. Is it helped by the fact that it's strength-based? Even when you present it that way, is it still hard for a family or an individual to understand that? You know, How do you present strength-based? I mean, it can be, but it's all in, speaking of finessing, we have finessed the language of this needs assessment over the years to try to tweak them so that they are read as strength-based. We try not to make anything sound like it's a need. It's like, you know, where are your strengths? Are you interested in, yes. you know, so it is in a language versus like yes or no. It's yeah. A, yeah. a positive or a deficit. Yeah. Right. We have had parent input on this as well. So we have asked parents input To be able to, (laughs) right, in our policy council, and I know that you've had some of our parents in from policy council. So that parent perspective is important to us when we take their feedback and and use it. And it is a a relationship, like she mentioned earlier, the family engagement specialist tried to get in and meet the families from the very beginning at orientation and open houses so that they can start building that relationship with the families so that when that needs assessment comes to them through our Learning Genie app, <laughs> they have some relationship already built, hopefully, with the family engagement specialist. So that there's something there that they go, okay, this person is here to help me. 
With everyone that they encounter in the program, even right starting out with the application, right? Yeah, our health sure. and recruitment specialists, they're like the face of our program and mm-hmm. making it be a positive, uh, strength-based relationship from the beginning, at least the beginning of that relationship. Yeah. So we're talking today a little bit about the holidays, the season of the holidays, and it's the season of giving. And so with that being said, you know, we're talking a little bit about mental health as well. So if someone were experiencing some kind of a internal issue, I guess I would like to say, I don't have this question written, so I'm just kind of coming up with it. Where would someone reach out or if they're experiencing something like that, where could they reach out to? So, you know, within our program, we have different layers of support. So sometimes it's the staff that needs support. You know, mm-hmm. Kim alluded to, and, and I guess I did as well, that we want to support our staff in a way that they can then do the same for their children and families, right? So staff can reach within for support for themselves. So I'm the, I happen to be the mental health manager which means that I support mental health referrals if needs come up with children and families throughout our 10 counties. So internally, we have a system to support needs if families are open enough to share and vulnerable enough to share that, you know, I need some support. We try to very much normalize it, right? Mm -hmm. We all have mental health needs. Really, our mental health is our core foundation, right? So in our needs assessment, even if we can get our basic needs met and our mental health wellness needs met, then we have positive life outcomes. So that's easier said than done because with mental health comes different diagnoses that we are not in it to diagnose. We refer to specialists who are therapists or community mental health, or we encourage for families, anyone who is just wondering, where do I go? You can start with your doctor as well Mm -hmm. and have that conversation. In our program, we're required to have a parenting curriculum. So our parenting curriculum happens to be founded on resilience and attachment theory. So when we're talking about resilience, we're talking about protective factors, and they apply to all of us. So they apply to the staff, they apply to families. How do we support protective factors, so those internal beliefs that we have, What do we think of ourselves and the world around us, our caregivers, you know, our experiences? What is our, what do our relationships look like? What are hobbies? Like what supports us to be able to bounce forward in life or maybe bounce back from tough situations? Mm -hmm. So our parenting curriculum is from Devereaux, the oldest mental health institution in our country. We also have an assessment, an early childhood assessment that looks at protective factors and initiative, self-regulation, and attachment and relationships. So the two work well together. Our parenting curriculum, your journey together, has something that's called the Adult Resiliency Survey. And so that's a great way for adults to kind of check, you know, where do I fall with my relationships? Where do I fall um, with my internal that? beliefs. So we have that within our parenting curriculum. However, the Center for Resilient Children is a website that anybody can go to. And within that, you would find the Adult Resiliency Survey. That's fascinating. So, the, the, the idea that there's so many resources available, NMCA's website in general, I've said this before, you could really 
almost maybe start your own business with some of the free resources out there online. So something like this is available for people who are interested in that kind of self-reflection, which leads me to you have this time of year that precipitates these feelings in people, whether they've had them or not. But a lot of the times I'm wondering if a lot of this just goes unstated. What can family do who maybe sees somebody in their sphere? Sometimes people need a nudge. Nobody likes an intervention. Nobody likes an attack. But what if there's family who maybe just need to reach out and get some advice? Because that's a tough situation when somebody, you know, may be close, but they're just not able to make that step on their own. And I think that you would be talking more so to diagnoses that we are not handling, that we refer out Mm -hmm. to. So local therapists, you know, your local doctor, community mental health. Something like the adult resiliency survey that we use within our program, and that's just one little component of our parenting curriculum, again, all strength-based. You know, we try to find the the positives. How do we fan the flame, per se? Like, how do we support and really build somebody up? We start there in hopes that we can find that common space to have that conversation. So, you know, within families, we can offer tools like this and tips and suggestions. But as far as our treatment, we refer to area therapists for for the actual treatment. And some issues are more complex, right, than others. Some issues need medications and ongoing treatment. And these things can affect anybody, too. It could be of any age and first time or this has happened before. Absolutely. But it's just helpful to know that there's a community here around you. And does the fact that we're in a small community help this cause or can be a challenge to this cause sometimes? You know, the stigma is attached to mental health. And Mm -hmm. we've talked about this through the years, even with our parents on policy council, right? Like, so do we call this a mental health referral, a mental health consultant coming in? You know, we've Mm -hmm. tiptoed around that. Do we find a different name? Why is it scary? We're all human beings. We all have mental health needs Mm -hmm. in different capacities. So we think about the holidays just in general and what does that encompass? The holidays often start even before Halloween, right? We see Christmas things out. Mm-hmm. In our program, we do not promote the holidays. We're, right. we, we're ahead of the game, I think, with DEIA, right? We celebrate everyone and whatever their traditions are, whether they celebrate or not. And so this time of the year happens to be the holidays, But we also come into that gray, I mean, time that we don't see the sunshine as much. Mm -hmm. So seasonal effects Mm -hmm. disorder. And you might not like the snow. You might not get outside as much. You might not get as much exercise or drink as much water. You know, all of those things play off of each other. And then you think about just the commercialism of the holidays. Mm -hmm. What are the stressors? What do I have in my wallet, right? The finances of being able to afford the holidays. Mm -hmm. And in our program, we really promote traditions, family traditions, being together, presence, and just making time for yourself as a family. We talked earlier, Erica, on a different day about, oh, the the crazy aunt or the crazy uncle that we might Mm -hmm. see. And what does that mean? Or what does that stir up in us? Mm -hmm. You know, so 
it's okay to set boundaries. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say no. Yeah. It's okay to do traditions differently. You know, we encourage our families to listen to themselves mm-hmm. and their own needs. Yeah. And social media isn't always the best place to turn. And comparing yourself and your situation to others mm-hmm. and what you might want and what's realistic, there's a lot that kind of interplays, really, yeah. when you think about the holidays and the societal pressures mm-hmm. that go along with that. Yeah. And as you were talking, I'm thinking about our conversation we had with you. You talked about creating your own traditions as a family. And I'm kind of in that group right now where, you know, my parents, they're gone for the holidays now and I'm not going to grandma's house anymore. I have my own kids. And so we're in that same thing. Like, what should we, what are are our traditions? And then you realize that presence sometimes better than presence. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So in, in being together and it, maybe if you've traveled or if you've had or been away, that perspective is completely different. So I think it's wonderful. The idea of, cause a tradition got to start somewhere. So why not be the starter? Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. You Absolutely. Know? We in don't... generations, your family talks about you, like you started this tradition of mm-hmm. tossing a log down the whatever <laughs> for no reason, whatever it may be, but yeah. That's kind of exciting. Absolutely. You know, we all come with our invisible bag of experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Some of them are positive. Some of them are not as positive or adverse experiences, which is going to shape how we view the world and how we react and respond to the world. Um, It's okay to write your own narrative. We might be triggered by stuff in the past. We don't have to live in the past. We can, like you said, Erica, create our own traditions. Yeah. And like Michael Trout would say, you know, write write your own narrative. Mm-hmm. You can be in charge of that. Yeah. That takes some initiative, right, yeah. to be able to do that. So that's easier said than done. So how do you care for yourself, wrap yourself around supports like yeah. our program, like our agency, to help you so you're able to do the things that you would like, rewrite your narrative if that's what you need to do, start your own traditions. Yeah. I keep thinking back to the having your own traditions thing and also like having those boundaries. Like, you know, maybe if you're going to grandma's house and that crazy uncle sets you off, right? <laughs> maybe you don't want to be around him. So that's where you can start those traditions and, and having those boundaries. I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I feel like it's a new thing that people are starting to talk about more. And that's the normalizing of this. Um, that should know. be a new tradition. Absolutely. When you have tr- twins, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, and, you know, and also the, the other thing, <laughs> the other thing, maybe it's not being, like I said, I have four kids. I don't want to pack up my four kids and take them to grandma's house. It's too much work. I'm going to start my own thing. I'm going to do it at my house. You there know? you go. Yeah. That's just what's best for me and my mental health. <laughs> And that's what, exactly yeah. what that's, we're talking about. Exactly. That's okay. You know, it can be hard for people to do that, to yeah. be assertive enough. You can be gently assertive. I like to say gently assertive, yeah. right? And set yeah. these boundaries yeah. to do what's best for us. Yeah. yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the family stress. And of course, mm-hmm. there's, like we mentioned, financial stress, you know, Absolutely. Of, yeah. of holidays. Yeah. Uh, you know, do I have enough in my wallet to... And it feels like the cooler toy keeps getting more and more sophisticated yeah. and expensive yeah. every year. Elmo was a good thing now. Back in the day, now it's virtual reality yeah, and, or nothing will do. Yeah. So it feels like that's a little more difficult each year, too. And yeah. 
keeping up, but that's a small community. Sometimes the pressure to keep up uh, right. can be harder too. We talked earlier with a group of our family engagement specialists about a little bit about this, and we were talking about instead of presence, mm-hmm. experiences, yeah. like mm-hmm. planning those fun, and they don't have to be expensive. You can go tobogganing. You can cut down your own tree, you know, things like that Mm -hmm. that can become traditions that are experiences that the kids will remember. They're not going to remember what toy you got them last year, but they're going to remember going out in the woods and cutting down a Christmas tree. Yeah. There's a lot of inexpensive things to do, making Play-Doh, slime. I mean, you know, it is about, you said, presence, being (laughs) present. Instead of presence and experiences, Mm -hmm. that's what's memorable. Absolutely. Erica, you were mentioning boundaries. And the one thing we want to model for families, what it's like to set boundaries, because that can be hard for us. As adults, we're grown children that sometimes still have difficulty having a voice. And when we can show our children, it's okay to be firm in what we believe. It's okay to set boundaries. It's okay to say no. Mm -hmm. Right? If it's an uncle or an aunt, and I've heard so many stories, like a relative wants to hug my child, yes, or yeah. right? And the child doesn't really know them, and they don't really want that. It's okay to set that clear boundary and wave. You can wave instead, right? That's teaching them to respect their yeah. body, their boundaries yeah. themselves. I don't have to hug you yeah. if I don't want to hug you, yeah. right? Yeah. So those boundaries, when we're modeling them as adults, as parents, mm-hmm. as caregivers, then... It's teaching our children to do the same. Yeah. And historically, I think you're right. We're still kind of in that shift Mm -hmm. of it's Mm. okay. Yeah. When you look at the tasks that you have to do on a daily basis, Kim, you coordinate this huge amount of work and you both have to, you know, Stacey, you have to maybe push forward and create these or support these bigger initiatives and programs, how do you keep your perspective as well as trying to use your own experience while not getting sucked into the experience in front of you? Mm -hmm. That's a great question. I think that takes time and experience and Mm -hmm. being able to set boundaries. Again, we're a very caring group of early childhood folks. And I think if what we want, you know, I think about the infant mental health philosophy, and we've already spoken to it, that if we are able to care for each other and give that space to be heard and understood, then the staff are going to be able to do it for the families. The families are going to be able to do it for their children. So really, that is the goal. And our staff and our families teach us so much. We all learn from each other. So I think that we're really good about having that philosophy. We are not in as the experts by any means. There's so much learning that occurs in that two-way relationship. What's fascinating about your longevity and tenure is that I think a lot of people can do something for a while and kind of get it down and get good at it. But I can't imagine that you will ever have seen everything. So how do you plan for the unexpected? And not looking for specifics, but you do something for a while and you got it, you did this, but you will probably always be surprised at some point. I think you have to be 
just kind of open to change and be resilient. <laughs> you know, we practice what we preach, as, you know, as you might say. We talk about this resilience and this bouncing back, but we also work on that ourselves at our own meetings that we have. We will spend time talking about things that happen. Our staff have the opportunity to have reflective supervision. So on a monthly basis, they're able to go and talk with someone and have that opportunity to reflect on things that are happening. So, and then we're also available both to each other and to the staff that we, that are we supervise. Are you able just to have a light conversation between the two of you in the lunchroom? Absolutely. Okay, that's oh, good. Yeah. We have necessary. a lot of fun. And okay. I think, oh, right, yeah. that, I can I mean, sense it, but that like, is key, right? Is. You have to have fun. And that's like with that's within the relationship, right? If you're really going to have a relationship within work in the mission that we have in our program, you have to have fun along the way with the day to day data and curriculums and performance standards and everything that we have to do, we have to have right. fun doing so it. So you have these ways that you're trying to stay as much ahead of a curve as possible and there's support and strength and, and programming. Is there any type of training or programming that you would love to be able to bring into the area that you don't have access to currently for your team or any kind of technology that could be helpful to serve this community? That's a great question. I think and this is where I will toot our horn, I guess, as far as in our child development program, we've been really blessed to have access and funding for phenomenal trainings. And then we provide ongoing training throughout the year. You know, I do training, Kim does training. We've been able to bring in phenomenal speakers. We can send staff to you know, a certain number of conferences, sure. there's online trainings. There's lots of opportunities as well as collaborative efforts, you know, with the school districts, we will team up and bring in trainers that we wouldn't be able to fund individually. So we've been pretty lucky. I can't really think of anything. I might say tapping, like that's been on my list. So there's an EMDR. It's, I, I might say tapping could be fun and interesting to do with the children. Oh, a new... Is this a relaxation style well, or a sort focus of. style? It's sort of a tapping has to do with kind of what, what do we store in our bodies, right? Like the body does keep the score as far as if we've had adverse experiences and maybe our engine runs high, maybe we're extra energetic, maybe we're not processing things quickly, but there's something called tapping that it's a particular format to be able to kind of release negative impacts mm, yeah. that's within your body yeah. and... Free you up to be able to be Feels um, like the rubber band. Yeah. Oh. I, yes. I wanted to make sure that we talked about um, the rubber band story that you shared with me a couple, like a week or so ago. Oh, is this okay? Is yeah. That okay? Yeah. Oh. It is. And yeah. so the rubber band, we learned the rubber band really through, again, through Devereaux, through our parenting curriculum, Your Journey Together. And it's founded on resilience. And so if you think about a rubber band or if you think about, a sock or a scrunchie or whatever it is <clears throat> that you stretch it and then it'll regain its shape once you let it go. So Devereaux came up with that concept of resilience and being resilient is like that rubber band. So you can be stretched to the max, some days more than others, some situations more than others, right? Really stretched, 
But the goal for resilience is you're going to have all those protective factors, right? All those things in your life that you do that's going to help you come back to where you need to be, to settle back in, to be able to bounce forward. I like to say bounce forward. It feels more positive rather than bouncing back. So we've been playing around with this concept for a few years now. The years kind of blend into each other. But I will say that at Policy Council, when we started doing some groups and talking about, like, what is this resilient stuff? What does this mean? How do we be resilient? What do we do in our life to be resilient, right? So we're playing with the rubber bands and having that conversation. And sometimes emotions can come up. And that happened at that moment, that particular session. Then the next month, I happened to stop in our admin building and um, I saw really fat rubber bands. And I knew it was like round two for the conversation. So I'm like, ooh, can I have those? Can I take those? I don't know what I'm doing with them, but I really want the fat rubber bands, right? All I have are these skinny ones. I want the big ones. I didn't even know what I was doing with them. I just had them. So they were out. Well, one of the parents that had shared the previous time were some really tough situations wanted that thick rubber band. And as we continued our conversation, I think, honestly, this is going to be the most impactful of all that I've heard. I think she was so eloquent and so bright and in tune with herself to be able to share that throughout the month, that concept of the rubber band helped her get through some tough times. And so she still had that little skinny rubber band on her wrist. And she said, I would just snap it once in a while. But then she saw the thick rubber band and she said, some days I think I just need like a thicker rubber band, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah. I can you can only stretch so far. It's harder to stretch that thick rubber band farther. Yeah. And it was such an aha lovely moment. And so all those thick rubber bands were gone because other parents were like, oh my gosh, yeah, some days we need a thicker rubber band. I want one of those, right? <laughs> yeah. So, oh my goodness. Yeah. 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 I know. <laughs> and it's from someone who worked so hard in her life, Yeah. right, to stay above water and to keep on keeping on for herself and for her children. And she worked so hard in, in doing that. So, yeah. yeah. I was proud of her as human being and as a parent that I couldn't take any credit for. It all came from her. So it's lovely. Well, I'm going to take a minute after that incredible story and do our little milestone career achievement segment. Hooray! We have one lucky lady who is celebrating 20 years in December, and that's Karen Emerson. She is our financial management services manager. I hope I got her title right. And yes, That's I just awesome. wanted to 20 years. Yes, thank Karen for her hard work and dedication to NMCAA. So, all right, that's that. Let's move on. <laughs> Stacy and Kim, resilience has come up a lot. Resilience, resilience. And is it something that is tangible enough for you to explain to somebody? Is that a tangible enough topic? And what does it mean to you? So, when we think about resilience, you know, if if we look at a lot of therapy, right? I mean, they're also looking at resilience. How do we support somebody's resilience to be able to get through and weather those storms of life, right? Sometimes things are smooth sailing, other times they're rough. So how do you get through those rough times? How do you get through just day to day? 
We are humans. We need relationships. So what do the relationships look like for us? You know, do we have people around us that support us? Not all families do, right? Mm -hmm. So that's a part of our program is helping them support their own support circles. Come be with us. Come to our family engagement events. Come celebrate with us and build your support networks. So it could be a luxury for us to assume that everybody has that, but they don't. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about yourself inside? Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts when you think about yourself and your initiative? Like, are you willing to step out and do something? Do you initiate things? And then your self-control, like what do you do to help yourself calm down? One of the trainings that I provide to our staff is called Building Your Bounce. And it's part of our parenting curriculum, the Your Journey Together. And it's through Devereaux. There is a separate book that you can actually, I think, even go on Amazon and buy. It's called Building Your Bounce. And it goes through, it has the DARS in it, as we lovingly call the Devereaux Adult Resiliency Survey. We refer to it as the DARS. And There's an acronym. Yeah. <laughs> hey, let's, the acronym of the week is... Oh, that's great. DARS. <laughs> Thank you for that. And they can take that in there. And it's just, it's a survey. There's no right or wrong answers. It's just almost always, sometimes, or not yet. Mm-hmm. And they can find out what their strengths are, and then they can set goals. And inside that book, or even if all they want to do is go on the website and download this little section right here, is free to download. What Stacy has mm-hmm. laying right there mm-hmm. is free to download from the Devereaux. And they can sit down, they can create an action plan from some strategies that are actually listed in there, some ways to build their resilience. And I love providing this for our staff because it helps them to see how they can build their resilience and then, like we've said before, help the parents who can help their children. This is an interesting survey. You have to you know, want to be fairly honest about a couple of things. I like that there are examples. And, um, and you're doing so it you for yourself. Really... You know, you're not sharing. You don't have to share this with yeah. anyone. This is just for yourself. So you can be yeah. totally honest. Yeah. So Devereaux, the more we promote resiliency and, you know, promote protective factors to be resilient, then the more positive our life outcomes are. So there is one activity in our parenting curriculum, again, focused on resiliency. And there's, so there's a scale. So you think about a scale. And I like to have parents even like stand up and, you know, you've got your right hand and left hand out and you think about your own experiences, right? Or it could be in the past, it could be present. You could be even thinking about your child's experiences. And our goal is to have the scales pretty balanced. So if we're tipped more to that negative life experience, then our scale's going to be tipped right to the negative side, resulting in more negative life experiences. So resiliency really is core. Yeah. And that's why we really wanted to talk about it when we talk about the holidays. And you know, we can talk about what do you do to get through the holidays, but resilience is a big piece of it. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I love in our parenting curriculum is 
they call it filling your pitcher. Mm-hmm. So you have your pitcher and it's like, what fills your pitcher? What fills you up? What gives you all the, the goodness? What builds your bounce? Because we know that throughout the day, things are pouring out of that pitcher. Mm-hmm. It could be a lot of, of negative things at this time of the year, possibly. That pitcher could end up being almost empty. How can you fill it up? What are those things that you do to fill it up? Maybe it's reading a book. Maybe it's spending time walking on the beach. Maybe it's a hobby that you have. Maybe you doodle. Maybe you scrapbook. <laughs> but spend spend the time doing it. Be honest with yourself. And some people just need like a PA to make them do that stuff. So find those resources to help you help yourself in as many ways as you can. Because it's like that airline thing. You have to put your own oxygen mask on first. And that could be a tough thing. You know, as I look at these questions, somebody with challenges with esteem or, you know, Mm -hmm. can maybe fill this out and it can help them maybe focus on areas where they are a little stronger and things that they can do. And then filling your picture help you find the little things that, oh, yeah, that really does make me happy more than I thought. And then focus on the positive. And sometimes it's really easy for us to not recognize, like, right, like bragging, okay? Our society, like if you toot your own horn and recognize your own positives and strengths, that's interpreted as bragging or it's not always acceptable, right? So Mm -hmm. historically, we've had that. So now we're sort of shifting into more self-compassion and self-awareness and self-care. So that's a positive thing, right? And in all of this, when we talk about resiliency in the DARS, it's not about recognizing what can't we do, right? So what are we doing that we can recognize as strengths and then that can support those other areas that we might need a little bit of support in? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A little bit ago you had mentioned, well, you've mentioned a couple of times, protective factors. Can you give us some examples of what protective factors might be? So we've kind of been alluding to them all along, like mm-hmm. the relationships. Yeah. And so- Because of this segment, there's a lot I love about my job, of course, but what keeps me here, the relationships. So I could even say, gosh, the relationships within my work are positive in so many ways. That can be a protective factor for me. What are my relationships like outside of my work? How do I feel about myself as a caregiver? And what does my self-esteem look like, right? Mm -hmm. So... For those who may fall short in some of those areas, how do we recognize the other areas and fan that flame of positivity? Because it is meant to be strength-based. We're all in this together. None of us are perfect. We're all working on life. And in our program, we definitely don't want to come across as we are coming in as the expert. No, we're not. We're coming in to learn together. And we're here to support you as a family. We're here to support you as staff. The protective factors we've spoken to, like initiative, right? So what is our initiative and our ability to do things, even to get outside of the house and to exercise Mm -hmm. or whatever that may look like as far as we probably should. Stop that one. I was starting to ramble. Sorry. So maybe edit that part out. But initiative, like what what is our internal drive? How do we view our life and 
are we willing to take risks? Are we willing to, it can be scary to form a relationship. Mm -hmm. Gosh, I'm this new mom in this area, in this new school. I don't have any friends. I'm really scared to make friends. It takes initiative to do that, yeah. right? Yeah. So how do you, you know, fan that flame of positivity yeah. and support families so that way they can believe in themselves to be able to build their protective factors? Yeah. Yeah. Self-regulation is a big one. We're always working on self-regulation yeah. from yeah. the time, right? That's well, an... what you said really makes a lot of sense, at least to me, is that we all have mental health to contend with. You can look at it as a resource like your heart. You know, you have to attend to your heart. You have to attend to your health. Your mental health could be on that list as well as a resource. <laughs> think of it as a resource. If you need to think of it clinically, you need to take care of this because it's yeah. a resource you have. Either it's working well or it's not. I love that. And it reminds me, even if we get back to our needs assessment, which potentially could lead to a ton of resource connecting, right? Just when you think about those 37 questions that we have, and if things are looking a little bit grim, and right? Like, how does that impact your mental health? That day-to-day, -day, what does that look like? What do I have that my basic needs are going to be met? What don't I have? What do I think I should have? Like, there's so much that plays into mental wellness. Yeah. NMCA does a really exceptional job at helping people. I've seen uh, over the course of a, a few episodes of this show how broad and how wonderful and how passionate everybody is. But in preparation for today, Stacy, you mentioned you like to teach clients to advocate for themselves. So a lot of this we've been kind of leading towards you know, well, we want to be people to be self-sufficient and be as well on their own and maybe for you to be less needed. That comes up a lot. Like we're here to be not here anymore. But what does self-advocacy look like really for you? I guess that, I mean, that's a really broad question. I think that as situations come up, right, with staff and they're processing family situations or staffing situations, we're always advocating, a, you know, you listen, right? And give that space for understanding. But then where is the action? I can't do, right, for others. They have to be able to do for themselves. It's not going to do someone else a favor if I just try to come along and fix, fix, fix. Mm -hmm. So it is largely about having that trusting, supportive relationship and encouraging advocacy, which we do that with our families. We want our families to advocate for themselves, their needs, their children, advocate and celebrate for their strengths. So that's pretty multi-layered. Yeah. yeah, that's incredible. If someone were interested in learning more, would like to get involved, donate, volunteer, anything positive to lift this up, what would they do? So volunteering for Head Start you know, we encourage our families to volunteer as much as possible to be active participants in their child's life, education, school readiness. That's advocacy just in of itself, right? Encouraging someone to be an active part. As far as community, I think just that awareness and, you know, we always, especially this time of the year, there's always a need for Extra outdoor clothes, yeah. hats, you know, mittens, gloves, okay, boots, okay. right? Those kind of things. Those kinds of things that we we can't provide. You're, you're, you're hearing that yeah. these are things that these families are facing. That they're Absolutely. Without. Right. Most definitely. 
So that could be an yeah. Sorry to have a happy Christmas if you're cold, if you're yeah. struggling with some real basic Those needs. Those basic too. needs, yeah. which we are referring, you know, to the community as much as possible. And we have partnerships and, and get a lot of those things, but there never seems to be quite enough. Or yeah. you might get those soft mittens, but mittens get really wet I really was just quickly. say I actually volunteered in my son's classroom in GSRP just a couple of weeks ago. Spent the whole day there. It was fantastic. That's awesome. I did, yeah. <laughs> and it was very fun to get to see him in that element. And then speaking with his teacher, we were going outside. And it wasn't snow on the ground quite at that point. But we had talked about, you know, they need the five things to go outside. Boots, hat, snow pants, coat, and mittens. And then she said, it's actually, you know, really hard. Sometimes those mittens, if we go outside the second time, they have two recesses, you know, or recesses, quote unquote times that they get to go outside if they're wet from the first time then you're wearing wet mittens again in the afternoon and no one wants to wear wet, wet mittens and I'm like oh my gosh yeah you know they could use some more mittens <laughs> so I've actually started putting two pairs of mittens in my son's coat just so that he has them but you know not all those children can have two pairs of mittens so that's certainly yeah, certainly that's a big really need good to know yeah certainly a big need and of course, I don't know, maybe Stacy, you can mention, is anybody able to volunteer in a classroom as long as they do the background check? Um, or is Typically that... our volunteers, I mean... Just parents? Typically it's parents, family yeah. members. Okay. There are those background checks, of course. Right. And I am the family engagement aspect. So I, Avery Amaro or Drew O'Connor, directly with the classrooms, you know, our site supervisors handle those kinds of things. Okay. As far as we do sometimes have, you know, if there's... A dentist, for example, or a dental hygienist or firefighters, right? I mean, that's lovely volunteer time that they can come and yeah. show and teach. And yeah. that's lovely as well. We've had foster grandparents yes. that come and read stories. Okay. So if you But I would not the, be the um yeah, you're not the liaison not for that. Person right. to, to, to yeah. Say, yeah. <laughs> I think. And we'll put so, that in the show notes maybe so, if we yeah. can get some more detail. Yeah. So before we wrap things up today, I would like to know one question. If you had one wish for our families in Northern Lower Michigan, in our region, who might be facing some personal battles, what would your one wish be for them and why? I will say that I would wish, it's more than one wish, that every family would have stable housing with heat and enough food. You know, those, those basic running water, those basic needs, basic needs. Yes. you know, clothing, yeah. enough clothing. And yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm just going to echo that because housing is such a huge thing right now for a lot of our families that don't have stable housing or heat mm -hmm. or running water. Yeah. And this time of year, it's so important as well. Absolutely. You know, heat. Yeah. Well, thank you can't thank you enough for the passion and the amazing tenure with NMCAA and all of your kindness and experience today and for being here with us and making this podcast a part of your day. Yes, thank you so much for being here. And don't forget, we'd like to share your community stories regarding NMCAA. If you have a story you'd like to share about how NMCAA has impacted your life, send us an email at collectiveuspodcast at nmcaa.net. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please hit like, follow, or share. It truly helps us continue to get the word out on all the good NMCAA does in our community. If you would like to learn more about Northwest Michigan Community Action Agency or the programs we offer or would like to make a donation, we encourage you to reach out at 
947-3780 or visit our website, nmcaa.net. And to our listeners today, we encourage you to continue to strive each day to do something to help yourself or your neighbors.